0: Hello, and welcome to the Global Trading Podcast. I'm Terry Flanagan, Editor of Global Trading. Today, we're speaking with Cromwell Coulson, President and CEO of OTC Markets Group. OTC Markets provides trading services, market data, and corporate services for more than 11,000 securities that trade over-the-counter, over-the-counter generally defined as trading via a broker-dealer network as opposed to on a centralized exchange. Today, our topic is SEC Exchange Act Rule 15C-211, commonly known as SEC Rule 211. In September 2020, the SEC adopted amendments to Rule 211 to enhance retail investor protections and modernize a rule that had not been substantively changed for nearly 30 years. The amended rule enhances disclosure and investor protection in the OTC market, by ensuring that broker-dealers in their role as professional gatekeepers to this market do not publish quotations for an issuer security when current issuer information is not publicly available, subject to certain exceptions. Now, let's talk about this rule and, and what it means with the amendments to this rule with someone who knows a ton more about it than I do. So I'd like to introduce Cromwell Coulson. Cromwell, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's really great to have you. Look forward to uh, to chatting about this topic. So so first off, just a little background, really. I mean, you've led OTC Markets Group since 1997, which is quite a long tenure on Wall Street. How has your firm, OTC Markets, and the business of listing and trading OT Securities, how has that evolved over that time? What have been kind of the key themes to the evolution in that quarter century or so?
1: So, Terry, I, th- I think it's important, where are we today? where we operate SEC and FINRA regulated public markets. And our platform provides a global gateway for international companies to efficiently access US public markets. And we also provide a clear path for companies to be public, which scales to fit the needs of small and mid-sized businesses as they seek to mature and grow. So there's over 11,000 securities in our lit markets. There's a range of companies, especially international brands, such as Adidas, Heineken, Hugo Boss, Roche. There's also Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are bigger U.S. companies, and and new securities, such as GBTC, which is a Bitcoin trust, and actively traded, as well as other securitized crypto products. But since our founding, our mission has been to create better informed and more efficient markets. You know, we've kept working towards better, whether it's better trading, better issuer disclosure and compliance, wider investor access, and thoughtfully improving and modernizing the regulatory framework. Since 1997, we've been working towards better. And today, OTC Markets Group is a publicly traded company ourselves. We trade on our on our best market, our OTCQX market, under the symbol OTCM. And we operate three differentiated public markets, OTCQX, which is a best market for operating companies that can meet high financial standards, OTCQB, which is a venture market, disclosure-driven, and the pink open market.
0: Right, right. Okay. Okay. So one thing that that I I was, was thinking of, you know, there still might be some perception that if it's something's not on the New York Stock Exchange, it's kind of out in the Wild West. So investor protection and the perception of investor protection, I think would think is critical for, for your business. So I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that as to how that has changed and you know, has there been increased emphasis on investor protection over time?
1: Our mission does go hand in hand with investor protection and improving regulation. You know, from our perspective, we employ an information-first market model that empowers companies, regulators, and broker-dealers to improve the quality and usefulness of information available so good decisions can be made. And we look at it, the market operator, as a commercial operator of markets, you know, the best way to protect investors is by arming them with the data to make informed choices the better data that we can stream out into the market so the market process is informed and the market can do its job of moving towards the right price to value an asset. The market price should equal the sum of all available information in the market. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a very high-level piece. The second piece is the plumbing. Automating broker dealer processes to trade more efficiently. And so they can provide higher quality trade executions. How do you provide different tools, different trading platforms? You know, we have three ATSs that are all SEC registered. One ATS is a network model. It looks like a much better version of NASDAQ where competing dealers are putting liquidity up. And that's super important because a lot of international securities need cross-border arbitrage. There's not orders all the time. And smaller companies need dealer liquidity. We also have a centralized matching engine, which allows for efficient and anonymous execution of limit orders. That's another market structure tool. When you link them together, you get the best of both worlds. We have a third ATS, which is an automated limit order book that's not anonymous, so you can see which participants are there. So we can put that data out for investors to be able to see not only the inside quote and the dealer quotes, but to see the depth of order books. All three of those tools interact together in our markets, and we've connected them together in a regulated operation. And finally, you need a well-lighted street for the police to be able to do their job. You need video cameras. And so providing insight True transparency and an audit trail for FINRA and the SEC allows regulators to do a better job and regulators to bring best practices into the market, which has been for 20 years. It's been a march of technology. It's been a march of transparency and it's been a march of better regulation and investors are the winners here.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: another approach we've had, which is a little different is we like to flag risks. So. Because we don't control trading, only the SEC can suspend trading and FINRA can halt trading. We can act much more quickly. So we flag risks so investors see things. If there are problems, we have a flag for promotional activity. We also, when we see promotion, we have issuers need to take ownership because one of the most important things about being a public company is the duty to investors to immediately release material information that could affect your stock price, but also correct any misleading information that is affecting your stock price. So we actively monitor for promotional activity, have put together best practices and standards to drive transparency. We also will, when we see information earlier, just like the, the exchanges do, we put together referrals to, to the regulators. Because again, we are the commercial market operator. We're a regulated entity. The police and the prosecutor are, are the SEC and FINRA. That's their role. You know, and there's a third piece, though, I think that's really important, that companies, being public as a company is really about two things. One, providing disclosure to investors, ongoing streams of disclosure, so the market can value a security and demonstrating level of compliance assets at how established a business is, how financially secure they are. But as we take that information and digitalize it and put it into streams that broker dealers can use, they can, they can go through the OTC market, which is not a homogenous group of companies. It's very different companies and they can whitelist and automate as well as put checks for securities that need more human review. And that's the more you can digitalize information into the broker-dealers' trading and compliance processes, the more efficient the market can become.
0: Right, okay. Okay, if if we can turn to this specific regulation that I, I mentioned in the introduction, SEC Rule 211. From your perspective, what is the history of this rule up until... It was amended last year and, you know, what, what, what was its,
1: its implication on, on the marketplace until then? Historically, the rule governed the initial public quoting of an over the counter security to assure that there was adequate current information available for the dealer doing the first price to set a price that represented value. The old rule came out before the internet, before Edgar, before all these tools to put information out to investors. There was a conversation that started with regulators. And and at OTC Markets, we actually didn't know how to solve the problem either back in in 2000. Mm -hmm. However, it started us on a path of creating tiered markets with different types of disclosure. because. In the OTC market, you have SEC reporting companies. You have companies that report to U.S. banking regulators that have great disclosure for about 90% of what investors need, but it's disclosure for banking regulators and depositors, not for the investors. So it's missing a small amount. You have companies that are listed on international stock exchanges all around the world and they all have slightly different disclosure systems. You have insurance companies. You have companies that are not SEC reporting. And what we did was we built a framework, a disclosure framework where companies could use whatever disclosure system worked best for them. And we could start to track them. And we introduced our OTC QX market, which we started at the top. Companies with financial standards can't be a penny stock, needs to have operations. And then as we looked around competitively at the London Stock Exchange's AIM market, the Toronto Stock Exchange's venture market, other small company markets in the world, we realized our financial standards were too high. And we created the OTCQB venture market, which is really disclosure driven. And that framework showed up. So move forward. The SEC makes another pass at Rule 15C211. And they recognized the disclosure framework that we'd created and created a new role because our interdealer quotation system, OTC Link ATS, is regulated by, by FINRA. So they created a new role for us to monitor ongoing disclosure, which is one of the two significant regulatory functions that it changed. And so we now make publicly available determinations regarding whether companies meet the ongoing disclosure obligations under the rule. And second, they allow, they allow interdealer quotation systems to conduct the, in, the initial information reviews that allow companies applying for our OTCQX and OTCQB markets to go public and have broker-dealer quotations. And we're doing the review that there is adequate current information so an investor can make an informed decision. 15C 211 the modernized rule, really took what we'd been developing in the past 20 years using private market incentives and built regulation around it.
0: Okay, so would you say the SEC got it right in its amendments and in the time what has been a year and change since they adopted the amendments has it has a, had, a, had a positive impact in the marketplace?
1: In any rule change, there's winners and losers. You have to balance the positive effects and the negative impacts. With Rule 15c211, there has been a positive impact that means... There's an enhanced level of disclosure for investors. And we have more international securities have market maker quotes. So are available to trade and have tighter spreads. The negative impact has been the restricting of share trading of companies that don't make the public disclosure for their investors. You know, from a market structure idea, public companies are more incentivized to make a minimum of current information disclosures available. If you want a public quote, a company needs to make public disclosure. Companies that don't make that disclosure move to our expert market. And I would say that our expert market is a work in progress because many broker-dealers Compliance departments lock down access to the expert market. So what the expert market becomes, which I believe is a very valuable tool for the brokerage industry, as a market that can handle securities that are restricted, that have restrictions, or suitability requirements. And that brokers can safely and transparently provide best execution, but there's not widespread distribution of the prices outside of broker-dealers and sophisticated investors. So that's still a work in progress.
0: Okay. Okay. If we could uh, take a quick look at cryptocurrency digital assets, really, what financial podcast these days is is any good without at least mentioning this, but... Certainly, crypto is increasingly a focal point for retail investors. What is your interest in crypto as CEO of OTC Markets Group? And is more regulation good for crypto's growth in
1: OTC trading? Terry, first, I'd like to just kind of say, like the framework we've created. It's a modern framework that's able to serve customers and enhance regulatory compliance And increase the availability of information for investors. And our information first model is a disruptor to the traditional exchange model. You know, where you list on a national exchange, you're getting a one size fits all package. We take a different approach, the platform approach where we provide companies with the building blocks they need to become and be public versus a one size fits all approach because we have both a trading platform it's flexible to trade a wide range of securities among broker-dealers. And we have uh, disclosure standards that can fit the different disclosure needs. For crypto, we think we will be able to play a positive role as the players in crypto want to be more regulated. The big debate is going to be, how do you build a path forward to do that? Our OTCQX market, provided a great home for GBTC, which was an innovative tool when it started trading on the OTC market way back in March of 2015. Mm-hmm. It's a securitized crypto asset. Investors had access to the trust shares through their brokerage accounts. They didn't have to have the complexity of owning the crypto. Of course, Once GBTC came on, we've had other securitized crypto assets coming on and other innovators. Right,
0: right. Okay. Okay. uh, Carmel, I think I might have uh, one or two more questions for you. Uh, If I can just open it up right now, if you think there are any things that our listeners might not know about OTC trading and, and wish to know, are there any Myths you want to bust? Are there any fun facts that you might like to share? What, what is, what's the uh, most important things about OTC trading that, that folks might not know about or fully understand?
1: As I talk about what people don't understand about the OTC markets today, one, how regulated trading is. Another point that investors don't really know is the range of securities that trade across our markets. Global brands have their ADRs. We've got lots of local community banks. We're a path for new disruptive ideas, such as the grayscale securitized crypto products. 70% of companies and the majority of dollar volume trading in the OTC market is international companies who have a primary listing outside the U.S. You know, there's a mix of companies and then What I would say is the third part is how regulated our markets are. Our trading platform is regulated by FINRA and the SEC. In fact, our alternative trading system is regulated under SEC regulation, SCI, which stands for Systems Compliance and Integrity. So I would say that our markets represent a more modern model where the commercial operations of the market are one entity and the regu- regulatory operations of the SRO are split apart. So there's not that conflict. We also offer a more modern model for, for companies because they can build the market that they need now to be a public company and add on as they grow. A community bank has different needs than a company listed on the London Stock Exchange. These are all things that we can supply to fit the different needs of public companies and to support the business and compliance objectives of regulated broker dealers. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, great. Cromwell, This we've covered a lot of ground on this podcast, really talked about the evolution of OTC Markets Group, the SEC Rule 211. We talked about crypto and some OTC trading topics in general, which I want to give you the opportunity. What do you think might be key takeaways or closing remarks? Say if someone theoretically had only the next 30 seconds to hear the essence of this podcast, what, what would you like the listener to walk away knowing most?
1: The OTC market is always on a path of continuous improvement. And your preconceptions from even a decade ago are not what the OTC market is today and definitely not what it's going to be tomorrow. The important part of the OTC market is that more companies learn how to use it efficiently to create better public markets for their shareholders.
0: Okay. This has been the Global Trading Podcast. You can find us on Global Trading website, which is fixedglobal.com. Also, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Our guest today, once again, has been Cromwell Coulson, CEO, president of OTC Markets. Cromwell, again, really uh, appreciate it. Thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Terry. Thank you.